Section 25 of Scenes in Europe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Scenes in Europe for the Amusement and Instruction of Little Terry at Home Travelers by Isaac Taylor. France. 1. 70. Church of Notre Dame at Paris so we have got into france how should i like to see it only they all speak french there and i can't speak french yet is france a fine country yes a very fine country not all one flat like holland and flanders but hills and dales and woods and rivers with many fine noblemen's castles and in the south of france vineyards covering all the hills from which they make wine and brandy the people are all gay fiddling though they are poor, and dancing for all their wooden shoes. And Paris, that is a large city, and a fine city. Paris is to France, the same that London is to England, the capital, and where the king lives, and all the concerns of government are carried on. There are many fine buildings and grand palaces. The river Seine runs through it, across which are many bridges, but it is not half so wide as the Thames, nor can they show anything like Waterloo Bridge, nor can shipping come up from the sea, as they do in London. One of the grandest churches is the Cathedral of Notre Dame. 71. The Catacombs The houses of Paris are chiefly built of stone, which stone is dug from a considerable depth underground, in quarries which pass beneath great part of the city. In digging out the stone, they made great hollow caverns, and as they did not always leave enough to prop up the roof of those caverns, it has sometimes given way, and the houses in the street above have fallen in. Of late years, an important use has been made of these caverns. As the churchyards are but small, and the continual interment has increased the number of bones to an enormous and troublesome amount, it was resolved to remove them all into these caverns where they are deposited in some sort of regularity and where there is room to deposit them for many ages you may go some miles in different directions among long passages winding various ways and opening into chambers great and small all lined with bones and skulls sometimes piled up in fanciful figures as altars monuments trophies or placed in long horizontal lines the bones of more than three millions of human beings are there closely piled up, not each skeleton by itself, but a wall of long thigh bones in front, behind which lie the smaller ones, and rows of skulls upon all. As slow I pace this drear abode of death, I fancy all alive these quiet bones, as once in health, all gay, their vital breath, wasting in idle, busy, frolic tones ah little did they think how all would end when youth and beauty at the toilet plied when passion warmed the lover or the friend or birth or riches heaved the breast with pride to gain those bones that ghastly skull to press on a warm bosom once was ten years strife full many a kiss and many a fond caress from parent partner children sweetened life to gain them now who wishes they appall we turn disgusted from them bare and brown the friends who love them best now mingled fall 
crossing or clattering, fixed or mouldering down. I muse on them, nay on myself I muse. Thus shall I quiet rest in death's embrace. So rot the flesh, beyond the grave my views, brighten with sacred hope, if saved by grace. 72. Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Day True religion persuades, false religion forces. This is fully exemplified by the atrocious massacre of St. Bartholomew's Day, when 60,000 Protestants were put to death in different parts of France, the young Prince of Navarre and the Prince of Condé only being exempted from the general doom on condition that they should change their religion. This massacre was chiefly conducted by the Duke of Guise. The royal guards were ordered to be under arms at the close of the day. The ringing of a bell was the signal, and the Catholic citizens, who had been secretly prepared by their leaders for such a scene, zealously seconded the rage of the soldiery. The king himself, Charles the Ninth, inciting their fury by firing upon the fugitives from his window and frequently crying, Kill! Kill! End of section 25